Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Alpha. We can be as badass as we want. We now live in a nation where doctors destroy health, lawyers destroy justice, universities destroy knowledge, governments destroy freedom, the press destroys information, religion destroys morals, our banks destroy the economy, the inability to defend on all of these fronts, be it voter suppression, and you can go down the line. You can go down the line. Good evening. I'm Alpha. This is the Alpha Show. Now, the master of common sense, take no prisoners in politics and game making. The man from Chicago who's got their numbers. This is Advanced Urban Political Talk Radio with Alpha. Well, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Alpha Show. Here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Justice is coming. That's right. It's finally coming. Not here yet. And I really won't believe it until I see that door slam behind him like we're going to see it. I want to see a perp walk or something. Well, the states, Manhattan DA, the district attorney of of the Southern District of New York are teaming up to file charges. Well, they, they've convened a grand jury, okay? And Donald Trump is the ham sandwich, period. He's convened a grand jury for six months, three days a week. And it's my understanding grand juries only go for four weeks. And, um, well, we've got to... We'll see what happens. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't, isn't that his favorite words when he's dumbified and can't come up with an answer? We'll see what happens. Well, this evening, 
I'd like to cover some bases of just the limitless, ineffectual Chuck Schumer. You know, this is the Republicans are leaving. You don't even have to pick it from the trees. It's not even low-hanging anymore. It's falling to the ground. You can just walk and kick it, pick it up off the ground. The number of surrogates, the Republican Party, and the Trump MAGA crowd has run to the microphones to criticize be it Biden, be it vaccination. Oh, by the way, for vaccination, did you see who was that? Uh, did you see where the the um, sheriff's deputy who was found uh, who was fond of posting anti-vaccine videos? He died of COVID-19. So he was an anti-vaxxer, and he was posting the videos. He was against it. My heart goes out to his family. Um, Of course, I never want to see anybody die, but uh, come on. Karma's a bitch, only if you are, Okay. And there's a story, key Trump property, the center of fraud investigation, newly published subpoenas show. I would say you almost feel sorry for him, for all the stuff that's coming his way, but hell no, I don't feel sorry for him. And... uh my only response is to lock him up. Justice is coming. Uh, <laughs> and uh, of all the things he can possibly respond is people. I am a traitor. Mm, thank you. Okay. That's all he can say. Because that's what he is. We have um, we'll have a special. I guess it'll be a countdown to all of the things that Democrats could be using at this point, but they're not. They just allowed the um, the. Um, filibustering of uh, the one the one six commission. And I say, what the hell? Go for it, Nancy, go for it. Because in the end, that's what will count. I want to speak to you 
about all of the things that this man has put us through. The Republican Party and the killing of the bill to, after they got everything they wanted. And you know what the headline is about Joe Manchin? Joe Manchin said, I'm saddened. Joe Manchin is saddened that they got everything they wanted and still said, the hell with your compromise, bipartisanship, and all of that. They are constantly attacking you. And you're constantly turning the other cheek. What we're about to witness, if something doesn't change, is the Obama era being replayed where obstruction, obstruction is the bottom line. I have to ask a question. And I want to ask this question because I've yet to get a a real answer. When was the last time that our country, the United States of America, flourished and the people, not the top 1%, the American people were included In the game And I want to tell you like this It was the era of FDR When the United States prospered The greatest Oh sure Wall Street is doing fine The big money cats are doing fine Trickle down does not work. The only thing that trickle down does is create a larger gap, a larger disparaging gap in the have and have nots. Trickle down failed us and failed us bad. So when you get right down to it, trickle down was nothing more than a ploy, a plot, the beginning of privatization. 516-666-9516. Oh, I got a call. At least they put their hand up. They go to the phone. 775. Thank you for calling the Amazon Show. Welcome to Truth Works Network. Yeah, how are you doing this evening? How are you? How are you today? Oh, this is Tom. Tom? I was wondering, you know, you're saying trickle down doesn't work. What do you suggest? It didn't work. It still doesn't work. 
ahead. Yeah, I mean, so what, I'm, what do you suggest in its place? Well, think about it. We did better when the people did better. And that was during the time of FDR when the highways were being built. What did he, what did he do? What, what was going on People were employed. Say again? What was going on during this period of time that made it uh, work better for the people? I was, I was, uh, I was saying that, and then you jumped in and asked the question. Uh, oh, when okay. the highways right. were being built and the growth of the unions and people were employed, uh, wages were not in balance, but they weren't as far out of balance as they are now. There are jobs, yes, but the wealth gap is very wide, very wide. What do you think about the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and even some of the 80s? Those were pretty good years. No? Well, the 50s and you had manufacturing the in the United States. You had good uh, manufacturing in the United States. You could raise a family. Fine in the 50s and 60s. It did not start going to hell until trickle down showed up, and Ronald Reagan said the government was no good. But for the government, the American people. But it's been delivered. Just like now. But for the government. And the $1.9 trillion package that the Biden well, administration. Instead of trickle down, it should be flood, flood, flood down. It should be flood down, but it's not. They put it in their pocket. Well, instead, instead of trickle, I, I said flood. So that means a mass amount of something. Mass amount. Flooding means mass amount of water or mass amount of uh, whatever it is you're talking about. So instead of of trickling it, flood flood, flood, uh, cash flow. So these big companies need to give up more of the piece of the pie, is what you want to see, which is fair. No, Companies need to pay their fair share. And when I say fair share, there are, there are I'm not some talking about... There are some positions no, that the, get, are the paid top, very, the pretty well. 1%, they paid 1% more. 1% more. They wouldn't miss it. They would not miss it. And it wouldn't right. bankrupt the country. You know, people who speak such as yourself, sir, tend to fear monger more than you tend to make sense when you speak. Uh, And I understand the the narrative of the constant, uh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. What do you think the people are just, they didn't didn't go out and, and basically make more money because of what they did. They were assisted along the way. So when you talk about the private sector, 
the private sector is more than responsible for the disparage treatment. Look at our health services. Look at our health system. Look at the Wall Street. Wall Street is doing great for people in Wall Street. And oh, by the way, I'm, I've got stock and whatnot in Wall Street, and it, they do well. But the entire system is gone. And when was the last time was the question that the country did well from the bottom up? Not just the people at the top. Yeah, well, uh, from the bottom, well, the bottom, you know, you got a lot of people, a lot of, uh, 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 what do you call them, bottom feeders. You know, a lot of people do not want to work. Oh, that's a, so there's a lot of that going on. So, what, what, what do you do with those people? Yes. You call them bottom feeders when the majority of the people at the bottom are hardworking people simply going to work every day, grinding it out. Make it and the country run. Oh, okay, so, you're talking about the actual workers, the, the the ones that are making the least amount of money working, not the ones that are not working and 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 basically do not want to work. Okay. Well, well what do we do about the people that, that people that don't do want to work and aren't working because they choose not to? All of this money and go along. Let's just yeah, get a lot of money that these people are paying and don't want to work. I don't pay those things here. So, I, I, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I think maybe it would be probably wise to put those people, all people to work. That'll help pay for. Uh, take some of the tax burden off the working class and then probably the working class could make more money also there's the a few variables in this picture if the, if the people are on the top of the scale the owners weren't getting government subsidies see welfare is fine as long as corporations are getting. Well, Tom, this has been very enlightening. This is where you're calling, Chris. You have a great day. As I was saying, you know, I like to, I like to give people such as Tom some room. <laughs> Janice, go have you a hot toddy now. Okay, back to what I was saying. You know, we we can have opinions about the way things run. And I can honestly say there was no better time in this country than the times of FDR. People were working. The wealth disparity was very small. It was still there, but it was small. 
the wealth, the government welfare to the companies wasn't advised. So it made sense. But now what we have is a party, two parties, who seem to believe that privatization was the way to go. And that's what we ended up with. And after World War II, it was necessary for us to be saved by government. So it gets me just a little when I hear people say, talk about the hard workers. (laughs) Hard workers. And they, you know, they want to say the people who are on the lower totem of the totem pole, they they don't want to work. We didn't become lazy until they got rid of slavery. We didn't become lazy until it didn't benefit the corporations. We need to have a better fix when it comes to what they make and what we make. And It amazes me. It just amazes me the way rich people yell and scream and cry when they won't miss the little bit that they have to pay. People over 400,000 that Biden is proposing in the raise of their taxes, but they they still make the, the horrible. contrast and it just it's not a it's not a fair comparison not a fair comparison at all I want to play for you uh, (laughs) a clip because um I like this woman. She's um, she's spot on, and she she gets she gets these people in these um, in these um, congressional hearings, and she lays into them. Uh, here's Katie Porter. Mr. Gonzalez, how much did you spend, did Abby spend on litigation and settlements from 2013 to 2018? Uh, I, I don't have that number offhand. We'll be happy to give it to you. Okay, $1.6 billion, $2.45 billion on R&D, $1.6 billion in litigation and settlements. What about marketing and advertising? How much does Abby spend on that? Uh, well, marketing and advertising, we spend about $4 billion a year. Yep, 4.7. One billion. How about executive compensation, 2013 to 2018? 
2018, it's probably on average about $60 million a year. Probably 334 on for size. Now, how much did Abvi spend on stock buybacks and shareholders, stock buybacks and dividends to enrich your shareholders from 2013 to 2018? Well, stock buybacks, if you actually look at just poor stock buybacks, it would be about $13 billion. Stock buybacks uh, and dividends is the question, sir. Uh, dividends, and they have to come back with that, a number for that over that period of time. $50 billion. So, Mr. Gonzalez, you're spending all this money to make sure you make money rather than spending money to invest in, develop drugs, and help patients with affordable, life-saving drugs. You lie to patients when you charge them twice as much for an unimproved drug, and then you lie to policymakers when you tell us that R&D justifies those price increases. The big pharma fairy tale is one of groundbreaking R&D that justifies astronomical prices. But the pharma reality is that you spend most of your company's money making money for yourself and your shareholders. And the fact that you're not honest about this with patients and with policymakers, that you're feeding us lies, that we must pay astronomical prices to get innovative treatments is false. The American people, the patients, deserve so much better. I yield back. I'm not saying that when you see Katie Porter take out the whiteboard that it's already too late, but yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. This is Katie Porter accusing AbbVie CEO Richard Gonzalez of lying to Americans and policymakers about why the pharmaceutical giant has dramatically increased the prices of some of its most popular drugs. The House Oversight Committee released a report finding that AbbVie took in billions in revenue by virtue of raising prices on two of its biggest drugs, Humira and Imbruvica, over the course of the last 20 years. Since 2003, AbbVie has raised the price of Humira by over 470% with 27 individual price increases, netting the company more than $20 billion in annual revenue for the last three years for just that drug alone. As it stands, the price of the rheumatoid arthritis drug Humira was increased to $77,000 for a year's supply, while the price of its cancer drug Imbruvico was raised to $181,000 per year. And as if that wasn't appalling enough, the committee report also details how AbbVie exploited the U.S. patent system to fend off competitors. For example, the company had applied for more than 200 patents for Humira, known as a patent thicket, so that it could file multiple lawsuits based on those multiple patents against companies seeking to sell cheaper generic versions of the medicine. And look, it's one thing to want to make a profit, but it's entirely another to be aggressively anti-competitive by exploiting the patent system, all in service of raising costs to an astronomical level. Especially, especially considering the people who will ultimately bear the brunt of those high costs are the people fighting for their own survival. Those profits don't just happen in a vacuum, they come from people who don't have a choice. And that's where Katie Porter's argument comes in, because at this point, pharmaceutical companies would come in and say that they're the ones who develop these drugs, and they need to charge exorbitant amounts just to offset the sky-high costs that they incur. But that's not even close to where the majority of the funds go to. Katie Porter just showed, whiteboard and all, that the majority of the funds go toward processes that just make them money. That's it. Things like stock buybacks and dividends, like executive salary pay, like marketing, they're not falling over themselves pouring money into R&D the way they frame it, as if they're just skating by, as if their expenditures are all very noble and above board. They're getting rich, enormously rich, and their profits and their salaries are proof of that. Now look, 
I don't think I have to try and convince anyone of the predatory, greedy behavior wherein these pharmaceutical companies are more than happy to profit off their customers' desperation to survive. And it's gone on too long and protected by politicians on both sides of the aisle. And this isn't to demonize all pharmaceutical companies because much of the work they do is absolutely necessary. The COVID vaccine in and of itself is a testament to that. But it's the naked pursuit of profits at any expense, like AbbVie's 27 price increases netting them $20 billion a year on one drug, when it becomes clear that the only, only consideration is money, which underscores the need for Congress to pass a law allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices. And by the way, if you're in favor of allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices, which most people are, you'd probably find yourself in favor of Medicare for All, considering the same concept applies. Medicare for All is also referred to as single-payer health care. It's called single-payer because the single-payer is the government, which negotiates on behalf of all Americans for the lowest prices on all aspects of health care, as opposed to having a fragmented insurance market where basically all Americans are out for themselves, negotiating on their own or through small pools. And when it's basically individuals up against insurance conglomerates? Well, you can imagine how it goes for regular Americans. But when the government represents all Americans, suddenly we're in a much, much better negotiating position. Consider, too, this isn't some novel concept. Just about every other industrialized nation on the face of the earth has already figured this out. And because those governments are actually interested in the health and well-being of their citizens, as opposed to working on behalf of the corporate interests that fund their re-elections, they took the obvious step of implementing single-payer programs. It is basically only the United States where we've entrenched a system that disproportionately benefits companies that profit from sickness, as opposed to adopting a system where health is rewarded, affordable, and accessible. And by the way, the fact that we're the only major country without the protections of a single-payer system means that the United States is the only country getting raked over the coals by insurance companies, drug companies, and pharmaceutical companies. Those businesses are actively targeting the U.S. for price increases while cutting prices in the rest of the world. In other words, Americans get charged the most, we pay the most, and because the prices are so high, we can afford the least. We shoulder all of the burden and reap barely any of the benefit. And somehow our government, the people elected by us on both sides of the aisle to protect our interests, have decided that this is a good system. That's how you know that campaign checks are more important than people's lives. So at the end of the day, if you want to be protected from predatory pharmaceutical companies or any predatory business, elect politicians who aren't cashing those checks, who aren't carving out exemptions and loopholes, and who aren't looking out for their own political futures, but rather politicians who are looking out for you. Katie Porter is the first Democrat to represent California's 45th district since it was created in 1953. And she's proof that if you look out for people over profits, you won't need those checks from special interest groups in order to get reelected. To see more videos like Now, just let me say this. I hope Tom is still listening because this is a classic example. And I wanted to play that just for Tom when he speaks about the little man not wanting to work when you got a pharmaceutical company making billions of dollars and basically pouring it into more money-making schemes. But we're not supposed to see that. We're not supposed to see that the private sector, those private drug companies, who have literally taken the patents given to them by the government 
the government allowed and helped them start all of these experimental drugs that they take to fruition and turn around and charge we here in the United States so much more than they actually need to. And Katie Porter basically, uh, how did he say, when you see her with the whiteboard, you have to say it's already too late. And she undressed him. She undressed the head of a pharmaceutical company. And the numbers, the $50 billion in five years and the, you know, the billions and billions of dollars that these companies in the private sector use to camouflage what they're really making. And that was my point to Tom. We didn't need the oversight when we weren't privatized. The privatization of this country has simply said the government will subsidize the corporation, be it oil, pharmaceutical, Oh, and by the way, the public option is coming back, and they're going to filibuster that, too. The Biden administration does not seem to understand. With people like Joe Manchin, Christian Cinema wanting to cling to the filibuster, the racist filibuster that says minority controls. After they have gerrymandered the country state by state, and then you turn around and you write the law that will not allow the balance to come back. And you can only hope for a president who comes in and still wants to negotiate, who still wants to look for bipartisanship when that's what's killing a progressive agenda. You reek with the demagoguery of socialism. You yell and you yell and scream socialism every chance you get. And I'm here to say socialism ain't so bad. Those socialist police departments aren't so bad. The socialist fire departments aren't so bad. What about them socialist streets and sidewalks? 
We already used 60 socialist programs in this capitalistic society, in this capitalistic democracy. And you will never, never see one of these politicians speak about the kind of profits and the kind of money that these pharmaceutical companies pour back into their business. Just a little would help. And that's where they make their mistake. Their greed will not allow them to fool us any longer. So we have to look at it, look at it like that. And I'm glad that Katie Porter was able to basically undress another one of the CEOs, one of the one of the we'll call them handouts. Corporate handouts, because that's what we do as a nation. We give the socialism to the corporations. So at some point, eventually, we will have to get that under control. 516-605-1111. 516-666-9516 is the number that I can be reached. If you want to talk, if you want to debate, one of the one of the uh, One of the things that I found out today was, as they were speaking of the charges that are coming the way of the former president, you know, you've heard of the RICO Act. Well, this is the state's RICO Act, and they call it Little RICO. I want you to check this out. Say more today about Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance and the criminal charges he may be considering against Donald Trump and his business empire. Former prosecutors and defense attorneys tell Politico that Vance could bring charges under a New York law known as Little Rico that resembles the federal racketeering statute. The law carries the potential for severe penalties that, quote, can be applied to money-making businesses alleged to have repeatedly engaged in criminal activity as a way to boost their bottom line. It can carry a prison 
term of up to 25 years. At this point, no charges have been filed against Trump, the Trump Organization, or any current Trump org officials. And a spokesman for Vance's office declined to comment to Politico on whether prosecutors are considering charges under the corruption law. Let's bring into our conversation Harry Lippman, former U.S. Attorney and former Deputy Assistant Attorney General. Harry, this morning when um, we talked about the story, I said, I need Harry Lippman to take me to school, explain what a RICO prosecution looks like, what kind of evidence it needs to muster, and what does Little Rico mean? Okay, Little Rico just means it's New York's version of Big Rico, which is the feds. What's it look like? It looks like the, uh, the focus is really the enterprise, that the Trump organization is sort of rotten to its core. If you hear the sort of accounts of Jennifer Weisselberg, Michael Cohen, Mary Trump, they all say it's not just Trump isolated crimes. It's not just Weisselberg. It was a way of doing business, an M.O., that was corrupt. That's how they did things there, and that makes for a corrupt enterprise, and that's why they're considering it, which, by the way, would be no surprise to anyone who knows the New York law. Well, and it would be no surprise to anyone who's sort of casually aligned with Trump who describes how he rolled in his family office. I mean, what what do you think when you hear this uh, theory of, of a potential prosecution under Little Rico? I think, yep, this is what we've heard. This is the way he does things. It's not isolated crimes. RICO is about, little RICO, the sort of uh, taking over of a regular uh, business and making it dirty. It could be the mafia, but they've done it for construction companies or unions. And that's the account we've heard from insiders of the Trump organization. They took this regular business and made a way of doing business of Evaluation, fraud, all kinds of things like that. That's why the focus would be on the business. And doing it, not only bigger penalties, but also a lot of evidentiary ease. You get more stuff in. You make the vantage point, the depth of field here, if you will, be the enterprise, which really fits what we've heard, at least from the main critics of the Trump organization who saw it from the inside. And would it include or could it ensnare Donald Trump himself, Harry? It could, but it needn't. So it has to be pretty high up, but Weisselberg is high enough. Theoretically, you could have a uh, this prosecution with only Weisselberg, but yes, it naturally follows. It's the same kind of pressure on Trump. It's just with a bigger frame and the possibility of more higher penalties and and more evidence. So it wouldn't have to go to Trump. It would be enough, but it easily could. And, of course, that's what everyone's told us, the Michael Cohens, the Jennifer Weisselbergs, the Mary Trump. It all does go to Trump. He's the very continuity of purpose. That, that's the, the legal term that they look for. Little Rico. Oh, and by the way, Michael Cohen, the former Trump fixer, says he's, he's expecting um, – He's expecting um, subpoenas, not subpoenas. He's expecting um, charges to come down as soon as six months, indictments. That's what he's expecting, indictments in 60 days, not six months, 60 days. So we're getting closer and closer. The jury, the, the grand jury has been impaneled for six months, three days a week. 
and uh, the normal grand jury sits for uh, four weeks. A couple of days a week. So when I say justice is coming, justice is coming. And it won't be long. And all the while he's tied up in the in the little Rico, they'll be coming at him from Georgia. They'll be coming at him from the D.C. Attorney General. You have to be some kind of dirt to be under the scope of so many. <laughs> did you hear the, what did he tell um, the congressman who saw him was insurrection that uh, he had um, what kind of immunity? Absolute absolute immunity. Well, he's already used that, and the court swatted it down and basically let him know there's no such thing as absolute immunity. So Donald Trump has a lot of legal problems coming his way. You know, it it doesn't help when We have effective, just useless Democratic Party, Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer came to a microphone twice this week. I saw Nancy Pelosi at a microphone twice. I saw Matt Getz at a microphone four or five times this week. I saw uh, Marjorie Green. Is that the congresswoman's name? I saw her at a microphone every day. And they run off at the mouth every day. <laughs> and Rudy Giuliani, oh, come on. He, Rudy Giuliani is just done. When the indictments come down, especially first the subpoena, he'll self-implode. We have to do a better job with the messaging on the progressive side. Because that that progressive side simply says it like it is. You can't do this and get away with it. You can't do this and keep getting away with it. Is another one of my favorites. The um, 
the Cohen, the Brian Cohen. I have never been more offended on this committee by a witness statement than yours. You were more concerned about defending your own reputation and justifying your own actions than the sanctity of this capital and the sanctity of our democracy. Have you no sense of accountability? No sense of shame? Secretary Miller, I want to ask you today, will you at the very least apologize to the American public for what happened on your watch? I want to highlight the incredible job that the members of our armed forces and the civilians. Miller, I, I agree with you about the armed that forces. Secretary Miller, it's my time. Your pugnacious style is not going to override the democratic process. Learn to respect it. My question isn't about our troops or our armed forces. Everyone recognizes they're extraordinary. My question is about your incompetence in leading them. Will you apologize to the American public for what happened on your watch? Will you apologize to the troops for what happened on your watch? The Department of Defense and our members of the armed forces performed magnificently yes, on January Secretary, no one is questioning the what they did by questioning what you did. Is it your testimony that you refuse to apologize to the American public for what happened? I stand by every decision I made on January so you 6th. you think you did everything perfectly? Just like the president said, he did everything perfectly in his calls. Is that your testimony? You did everything perfectly, no mistakes? I want to highlight again that the armed forces should only be used for domestic it's law not, enforcement. I don't, I, is it your other... testimony that you did everything perfectly? Is that your view? I am the most critical person. I'm a career Let special officer. This. Did you or anyone in your office ever try to get a hold of President Trump on January 6th? I did not. I have no idea. Your awareness did anyone in your office in the Department of Defense try to get a hold of the president? Not that I'm aware of. You testified that things are like a video game, aren't like a video game, uh, and that we can quickly, can't quickly move troops. What explains the 36-minute delay from when you ordered the uh, National Guard to that order being received? What explains 36 minutes? What 36 minutes are you referring to? Before the order was understood. You ordered the authorization and 36 minutes later. I, are you not aware of that timeline? I and mean, everyone in the country is aware that it took 36 minutes. What explains seen, that to no, delay? I have seen so many timelines and inaccurate information. You are in charge of the whole department. Senator Blunt is, has questioned in a hearing that every American watched why it took 36 minutes. And you don't know that it took 36 minutes before you authorized something for it to actually be uh, implemented? What 36 minutes again are you referring to? At uh, 3 o'clock you gave the order. It's How can you talk about this being you being doing everything perfect when you're not even aware of the 36 minutes that took place before you were... Historic. Historians and members still argue about who landed where and when on June 6, this 1944. Is, this is not arguing about who landed and when and where. It's like, here's what happened. You ordered, you said, okay, the National Guard should go out. It took 36 minutes before that order was, was implemented. And you're saying you didn't know that it took 36 minutes? Senators know. Congress people know. Every journalist knows. And you, who made the order, doesn't know? That's worse than if you knew and would, would, would explain why it didn't happen. And then you're here telling us that, Everything happened perfectly, and you're not willing to apologize. And the goal to, to hide behind our troops, who are extraordinarily honorable, it's you who's let them down. 
I can't believe we have someone like you in that role, had someone like you. And your, your whole testimony is no reflection. I mean, I thought if you came here, if you apologized, instead it's total self-promotion. All you're trying to do is cover your own reputation. It's like the guy isn't even human, just some bot pre-programmed to give the same two or three boilerplate responses. Representative Rokana asked a straightforward question as to whether former Acting Secretary of Defense Christopher Miller takes responsibility for what happened on his watch on January 6th. And over and over, all Miller can repeat is that law enforcement did a great job. And if it wasn't bad enough that he refuses to simply answer the question and take responsibility when the buck clearly stops with him, what's even worse is that he's willing to use members of the military as a diversionary tactic to evade accountability. The guy is literally using law enforcement as a shield to protect himself. But sure, party of the military. Consider too, this is evidence of Miller's complete and total inability to admit to making any mistakes. At no point amid his cookie cutter responses and diversions did he admit to doing anything wrong, even though as the acting secretary of defense, he was in charge. And if that sounds familiar, that's because his boss, Donald Trump, did the exact same thing, exercising some backwards notion that it's strong to simply never admit fault, even if you were obviously, glaringly, clearly at fault. But that doesn't make you strong, it makes you incompetent and self-important. Although in Miller's defense, that was pretty much the theme of the previous administration. Miller is also wholly unable to account for the 36-minute gap in approving a deployment plan at the Capitol and actually communicating that approval to Major General William Walker, head of the D.C. National Guard. The implication, of course, being that Trump reveled in the chaos, and so a Trump lackey like Miller wasn't necessarily falling over himself to put an end to it, which, if true, would mean that lives were lost because a bunch of partisan hacks thought that mayhem was justified punishment for the fact that they lost the election, because for the umpteenth time, their only priority is their own grip on power. Instead, Miller decided to play games and pretend that he has no idea what 36-minute delay Representative Khanna is referring to. Because after all, there were so many timelines, and so who knows what to believe anymore? How could he possibly have known which 36-minute delay is being referenced here? In other words, Miller is claiming that he did everything absolutely perfectly, 10 out of 10, wouldn't change a thing, and yet at the same time, he isn't even aware of the most basic facts surrounding this case. In reality, of course he knows about the delay, but the whole point of Miller's testimony is to play dumb and pretend that he doesn't know up from down and right from wrong so that he doesn't have to actually answer for any of the questions being asked of him during his testimony. Avoiding accountability isn't a bug, it's a feature. And by the way, Miller's 36-minute delay pales in comparison to the more than three-hour delay while Walker was waiting for senior military leaders to actually approve his request to send troops to the Capitol. What has become abundantly clear is that help was needed, and those in a position to grant that help seem to be in no rush to do so, considering the perpetrators were literally supporting them. Now, Miller had also said that he was concerned that a preemptive deployment of military forces would stoke conspiracy theories about a military coup and that the Defense Department moved as quickly as possible. Right, we couldn't possibly have troops present because that might be bad optics. I wonder what Miller thought of the optics of an armed insurrection storming the U.S. Capitol with Confederate flags. I wonder what he thought of the optics of rioters bludgeoning police officers. I wonder what he thought of the optics of looting the offices of lawmakers and smearing shit on the walls of the Capitol and positioning a gallows to hang the vice president. But still, we couldn't possibly afford the optics of law enforcement setting up a protective perimeter. Got it. And as for the Department of Defense moving as quickly as possible, Miller explains saying, quote, those of you with military experience or who understand the nature of military deployments will recognize how rapid our response was. 
We're talking about the D.C. National Guard getting deployed within Washington, D.C., and yet it still took hours. They weren't getting deployed to Afghanistan. They were in the same city. You don't have to be an expert in military deployments to recognize that what happened on January 6th wasn't even close to competence. So these Trump administration officials like Christopher Miller can continue to obfuscate the facts and obstruct congressional hearings all in service of protecting himself. But if his goal was to convince anyone that what happened on January 6th was above board, his appearance was nothing more than an abject failure. To see more videos like this, don't forget to subscribe. And for a deeper dive, check out my podcast, No Lie with Brian Tyler Cohen. Brian Tyler Cohen left out one thing. Miller, who came to testify, was one of the last second replacements that he put in place after he fired the regular uh, general, whoever had that spot. Donald Trump fired at least six generals and put in place his lackeys. Mike Flynn, his brother, was responsible for sending in troops when a desperate call came in from the police and he didn't. You see, this is what they want to avoid in an investigation. Nancy Pelosi should start this investigation as soon as possible. These six generals, or however many there are, need to be called to testify under oath. They should refer that kind of testimony that you just heard to the Department of Justice for prosecution. This is a further, this is evidence of the slow rolling coup. And the coup was slowed down on the 6th, but it's continuing. It is continuing with the, all of the legislation and new voting laws and all of the states that are Republican control with Republican governors. There are Republican governors in at least nine states that are refusing, refusing the $300 unemployment pay for the people waiting to go back to work. And there is a, I'll put it like this, Joe Biden has to stop playing go along, get along. Joe Biden should penalize these states 
by giving them a dollar for a dollar. You put a dollar in, you get a dollar out. Mississippi would, they get $2.03 for every dollar that they put in. Kentucky gets one fifty-eight, one fifty-one, something like that. Louisiana gets something like one eighty-nine. All of these states that have refused the unemployment money from the government. You see, this is what they don't want. It's not that people won't come to work. Is that people will be uplifted. The money for from the one point nine trillion dollar package that Joe Biden signed into law would lift forty percent of the children out of poverty. It would increase and enhance the chances of the poor. And Republicans don't want that. That's why you hear them ranting and raving about people getting money from the government. You see, Donald Trump got an economy, and he got that economy that was up and running very well. He inherited that economy from Obama. He then turned around and he infused that economy with 1.5, 1.7 trillion in tax cuts. And the economy began to get better than when he got it. But then the pandemic came and he mishandled the pandemic so badly that it destroyed his economy. And now Joe Biden has come in and rescued the American people with a vaccine, of course, And here's the thing. This warp speed bullshit, they've been working on this this vaccine for about five years. They've been working on a coronavirus vaccine for about five years. So when the pandemic hit, instead of Donald Trump testing the people, masking the people, and shutting down. Look how many countries did the same thing. Tested people, masked them, and shut down. They were only shut down for a month or two. Our economy was shut down until the bottom fell out of it. And then when he loses the election, not only is he trying to not help the people in the country, 
but he's doing just the opposite. He's promoting, promoting the pandemic. Five hundred and ninety thousand plus have died when it could have been mitigated to about a hundred thousand. That's not me saying it. It's the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. The science says it. And now Republicans are doing everything they possibly can to sabotage a recovery so they can get back into power. And I don't understand Joe Manchin. I don't understand Chuck Schumer. You know, these moderates and the ones who want to work with these people, these people are giving you nothing more than insurrection, racism, white nationalism, and destroying our democracy. That is their wish. To this day, we'll live with a dictator with an authoritarian like Donald Trump. And somebody answered me this question. We went into Afghanistan because Al-Qaeda was staging their camps to attack us from Afghanistan. We're being attacked by the cyber bullies in Russia, and they're staging their attacks from Russia. You hit Russia with crippling sanctions more. Joe Biden did put more sanctions on them, but he didn't put the, the real, the big sanctions on them. And that's what he should have done. Hit them with the very large sanctions and canceled, I repeat, canceled the meeting with Vladimir Putin. And don't meet with Netanyahu until they straighten out the Palestinian mess. These things are not an anomaly. What happened to my man, Tom? And yes, I know he's a troll. I know he's a troll. I knew he was a troll when his number popped up. <laughs> when his number popped up, I knew he was we can continue without the people who are troubles. Uh, I want to say, I want to say this before. Well, I can still think of it, okay? Because uh, I do it all the time. 
and it's just me. Tomorrow night, join Janice Graham at Our Common Ground here on Blog Talk Radio. Our Common Ground with the host, Janice Graham, tomorrow, 10 o'clock, Eastern Time. Janice will be speaking about the first anniversary of George Floyd uprising. Still no bill. You ain't getting a bill. They're going to filibuster. Joe Manchin, Kristen Sinema. No police accountability. And this new one that they just came up with that happened a couple of years ago to this black man named Green. And it's caught on body cam. And you've heard a little bit about it. And it sounds damning. But join Janice Graham. Our coming ground tomorrow evening, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, here at Blog Talk Radio. We have to get off. Some kind of acknowledgement about this crazy. And that's all it is. It's crazy. Hi, this is Janice Graham asking you to join us each Saturday. 10 p.m. at Our Common Ground, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Coming up on this Saturday, do we accomplish much in celebrating Black History Month each year? I'm wondering, and I'm asking, are you making a difference? Are you intentionally and consciously creating new Black history? Are you making Black History. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you right here in the Black Truth Sanctuary at Our Common Ground, Saturdays live and call in, 10 p.m. Continue to say it, though, Brett. But, Brett, I continue to say it because it's in principle. But, no, I but, get but it. it's, it's because it's But for it's, the people of Wyoming Brett, who are right. electing a congressperson to fight for them and to fight against the Biden agenda, why wouldn't they say, is this the person that's going to get it done? Uh, uh, because, that's what well, your colleagues are asking. I'm going to answer the question. Uh, we all have an obligation, and I would say Fox News especially, especially Fox News, has a particular obligation to make sure people know the election wasn't stolen. Fox and we've said News, that Fox times. News, Brett, I'm going to answer your question. Fox News needs to make no, sure but that if the you're American people. News, you have they to need know to that make this sure show has said that, that the American times. people, Brett. You're doing the interview. I'm answering the question. We need to make sure that the American people recognize and understand that the election wasn't stolen, 
that we shouldn't perpetuate the big lie and that there's real danger. You know, I've worked in countries around the world where we don't have peaceful transitions of power. And, and all of us who are elected officials have got to uh, make sure that we obey and abide by the oath that we swore to the Constitution. I understand. And the, the peaceful transition of power is key to that. Now, if you want to, if you're asking me about my constituents, my constituents believe firmly in the rule of law. They believe firmly in the Constitution. They know that we do not swear allegiance to any individual. I should just say that if you were going to go on Fox, a network that's fallen over itself to validate the big lie that the election was stolen, then calling out Fox for exactly that is the only move here. And even when Fox host Brett Baer tries to do some image rehab in real time, I wouldn't exactly say that his efforts were successful. Now, so that we're clear, Fox News did sow doubt in the election results. Maybe not Brett Baer himself, but in the two weeks following the election, Fox cast doubt on the election results nearly 800 times. 800 times. So maybe Brett Baer's own hands were clean, but viewers plugged into that channel endured an absolute barrage of disinformation when it came to the election results while they were forming their opinions. And guess what? It clearly paid off, because according to a Fox News poll, 68% of Republicans and 77% of Trump voters believe that the election was stolen from Trump. So Brett Baer may not personally have spread that disinformation, but he helps validate a network that did, rendering him just as guilty as his colleagues who poisoned the minds of their viewers with outright lies. Now, what's especially telling here is that Brett Baer is questioning Liz Cheney as possibly not being the right person to represent the people of Wyoming if they elected her to oppose the Biden administration. And therein lies the whole problem. Because Liz Cheney isn't not opposing the Biden administration, she's just willing to admit objective reality that the election wasn't stolen. That's why she was ousted from her leadership position. Because the GOP has gone all in in pretending that a free and fair election wasn't free and fair because they needed a pretext to pass restrictive voting laws that will in turn help them take the next election. It is a ruse. It is a scam being perpetuated by people at the top of the GOP who, so that we're clear, know better. And if you don't believe me, by the way, listen to Kevin McCarthy immediately after the insurrection on January 6th. That doesn't mean the president is free from fault. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. These facts require immediate action by President Trump. Accept his share of responsibility. Quell the brewing unrest. And ensure President-elect Biden is able to successfully begin his term. And now listen to him deny that anyone is questioning the legitimacy of the election. Well, first of all, the conference will decide, but I don't think anybody is questioning the legitimacy of the presidential election. I think that is all over with. We're sitting here with the president today. Um, so from that point of view, I don't think that's a problem. He changed his position not because the facts changed, because they didn't, but because the GOP has made the tactical decision that in order to drum up support for Trump so that he doesn't look like a loser, in order to give a pretext to Republican state legislatures passing voter suppression laws across the U.S., in order to sell themselves as the victim of some non-existent fraud scandal, that this is the story they need to sell. Forget that it's fake. Forget that it's been thoroughly debunked. Forget that they didn't win a single court case that would lend itself to this idea. Forget that Bill Barr's own Department of Justice refuted it. 
that the Department of Homeland Security refuted it, that the Republican governors and secretaries of state across the U.S. refuted it. None of that matters because this is a coordinated disinformation campaign meant to trick people into believing a lie because doing so lends itself to their broader goal of cheating to consolidate power. And by the way, none of this is to lionize Liz Cheney. I just want to be clear about that. You can acknowledge and applaud her ability to be willing to tell the truth about this while also acknowledging that this should be the bare minimum. The fact that this has become some profile and courage isn't some celebration of Cheney. It is a condemnation of her party, a party that is almost entirely too shameless and cowardly to admit that a free and fair election was indeed a free and fair election, all because they're too committed to the bit to acknowledge objective reality. And just to drive this point home, here's what Cheney said about voting for a Democrat. And we are going to abide by the rule of law. Do you believe that America is better off with President Biden than President Trump? I believe that President Trump's policies, which I supported 93% of the time, were much better for America. Now, that isn't the issue, though. The issue is whether or not we abide by the rule of law. Did you vote for Joe Biden? I did not. Whether, and I would not, and I would not vote for a Democrat ever. So before you give the keys to the kingdom to Liz Cheney and put her on a pedestal for the profile and courage that was not lying, just remember that she's still a Republican, she still voted with Trump 93% of the time, and she's still committed to defeating Democrats. That's not to say that she's correct in this instance to push back against Trump. It's just to say that we should be careful who we crown as heroes on the left. So look, the fact is that with or without Liz Cheney in leadership, the trajectory of the GOP is already beyond clear. This is a party not interested in legislating, not interested in governing, and dear God, not interested in making anyone's lives better. They're interested in consolidating power for themselves. If that means pretending the election was stolen to salvage dear leader Trump's reputation, fine. If that means passing voter suppression bills across the country so that only those more likely to vote for them can vote, fine. If that means launching a full-scale opposition campaign to HR or calling it Jim Crow 2.0 or lying to their viewers that it'll somehow federalize elections, fine. They've already shown that there are no depths too low to sink to help themselves politically. The fact is that Liz Cheney is simply collateral damage in the GOP's race to the bottom, wherein they've declared that if you're not willing to toe the party line at any and all costs, then you'll be cast out. This isn't the mentality of a political party, a party predicated on ideas or governing philosophies. It's the mentality of a cult. It's about allegiance to one man who can do no wrong, who demands and receives total fealty, and whose own distorted view of reality is to become his follower's view of reality. So at this point, Republicans can choose conservatism, or they can choose allegiance to a one-term failed president in Donald Trump, but they can't choose both. That's why I like um, Mr. Cohen, Brian Tyler Cohen. Um, Liz Cheney, is the last person, the last person I would be rooting for. The one thing Democrats must do, they must message to the people. There is no bipartisanship because the Republican Party can't be trusted. Period. They can't be trusted. They can't be trusted to tell the truth. And they can't be trusted to give you information. Uh oh.
feel it coming on. Mm. Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Brett Bear. Brett Bear is no better than they are. He's just not as pugnacious as they are. You must the disinformation that's coming from the light. You must send more people to the cameras and microphones to nullify the lies that are coming from the right. The right wing is up in arms because MSNBC is doing a program about the bombing of Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street. It goes against everything that the right stands for. So when you hear them speak about people don't want to work, they're too lazy. As you heard the troll do this evening. Tom, yeah, that's right, Tom was his name. You heard the troll speak about people who don't want to work, people who are the lower part of the totem pole, you know, these are the same type of disingenuous conversations when they say Republicans freed the slaves. Oh, yes. Lincoln was a Republican. Oh, good. My friend Tom is back. When you hear the level of lies that come from the right, they weren't insurrectionists. They weren't rioters. They were tourists walking the halls in the Capitol, smiling, taking selfies with with the police officers as the cameras show the battle to break in. It's there Benghazi. Only the terrorists are American. They've arrested over 400. 10% of that 400 are acting or former military. It is my opinion. They should throw the book at them. 
they should get the the highest number of years for the act of betrayal for the crime of treason. And I know treason is only in wartime and don't come calling me up thinking you're telling me something. But what they did was against America. And then this police officer that died, his mother was there to speak with the Republicans. They turned their back on him. They wouldn't even fear, they wouldn't even speak to her. And all they know is they filibustered the commission. They got everything they wanted. Can you see how disingenuous they are? McCarthy sent in his man to negotiate with the Democrats. He got the three things, the only three things he wanted, he got. Then McCarthy pulled the plug. Oh, we're going to vote no. We're not. Come on. And yet people are calling, calling me, talking about folks don't want to work. Christian Cinema skipped the January 6th commission vote, and our office won't say why. Now, she's in until 2024, too. And the things that you hear them say are echoes. The things that Republicans are saying, their talking points, are echoes of Russia. Everything leads back to Russia. You're damn straight, Donald. Russia, Russia, Russia. The only people to gain is Russia. Russia is home for the cyber attackers. Russia is the disinformation sponsor. There has to be a messaging reboot by the Democrats. Because all the Republicans are a useful idiot for Vladimir Putin and the Russians. Ron Johnson, all of them. And that message reboot must question the patriotism of the Republicans. Somebody asked Ron Johnson why he and 
what was it, nine or ten other Republicans were in Russia on the 4th of July. It was a couple of years ago, three years ago. And why is it that on the Russian site you can find the exact talking point that the Republicans are using? And what is Marjorie Taylor Greene going to do? Matt Getz is going to jail. So, Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and the other girl, Bullitt, Bullitt, whatever her name is, they're all backing her. It is strange. To me, it is strange why this is not the narrative. You beat that drum. You start beating Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema over the head. Did anybody see the final vote? on the obstruction. I believe Democrats take a head count. And whenever they get a whenever they get a a majority, go for it. And get rid of that filibuster. And every day, they should be there in case a Republican falls ill. Then they can bring legislation to the floor and not have to worry about the syllabus. Nuke it. One by one. It takes too much. It takes away from legislation. What have the what have the Republicans been for? All I know is they're against everything that Biden is for. Take me around the corner and drop me off. Because that's all that's all they show up to work to do. Obstruct and lie. And propagate Russian propaganda. It shouldn't be this tough. Really. 
It really shouldn't be this tough. I'll keep saying it, and I'll say it over and over and over again. Damn, I miss this man. This is Overman versus the Republican coup of 2025. We know right now that the Trump Department of Justice spied on three Washington Post reporters and illicitly seized their phone records and tried to seize their email records because they had reported on the Trump campaign's conspiracy with the Russian ambassador and spy, Sergei Kislyak. This is a newly discovered direct, naked, and brazen attack on the Constitution of the United States. And everyone involved in making it happen, especially the then Attorney General William Barr and Trump itself, must be prosecuted immediately. We also know right now that the Trump-infested Republican Party is accelerating its purge of those who have stood up to the fascist in exile at El Lago, and that the next head to the political guillotine will be the House Republican Conference Chair Liz Cheney, to be replaced by a soulless, fleasbag chameleon named Elise Stefanik, who will support anything, including the violent overthrow of the government of the United States, provided that there's something in it for her. A psychotic vote audit continues in Arizona, may last until July. Voting suppression and even voting nullification legislation has passed in Georgia, has passed in Texas, has passed in Florida. And this all adds up to the same thing it has added up to since the January 6th attempted coup. The Republicans are now willing to end democracy in this country just to maintain their own goddamn power. Every step is an attempt to bring Trump back to keep people from voting against Trump, to nullify their votes if they do, to elect a Republican House that will again move to ignore a Democratic presidential victory in 2024 and install Trump as dictator. Yet to this point, President Biden and the Democratic majorities in the House and the Senate have done nothing to stop this. Vaccination and the economy are priorities, of course, but they will not mean much in a Trump fascist dictatorship in 2025. Democratic majorities are now guaranteed for only 20 more months. Biden and Pelosi and Schumer and all of us must decapitate the new Republican plan to destroy freedom, and we must do it now. Because for Trump, for Republicans, for fascism, for dictatorship, January 6th was practice. They'll be back. There's um, intelligence information that uh, there's going to be an insurrectionist attack on the celebration and remembrance of Tulsa, Oklahoma. We'll wait and see what happens there. But at this point, Oh, and Matt Getz called for Second Amendment solution. You see, these are stockcastic terrorists, and they don't give a damn about anything. They will speak of, promote, suggest, incite violence. 
because when they run out of any path to victory, they result to violence. 516-666-9516 is the number that you can get in. You have to be some kind of fool You see it coming, and yet you do nothing. Right. It's like a thrown up drunk out of a bar. Just right. Don't worry about watching his head. He says it's okay. By the way, you hear the circus coming. See that his giant. And you'll see their ads. Their ads on TV. Hi, I'm Jerry, Jerry Mander, and I'm running for Congress in the once great state of Georgia. I'm a conservative, which means I believe in three things. God, guns, and that Jews should stick to comedy. No, I've never worn a mask. I want my wife to be able to see my face when I tell her she's not allowed to wear pants. Where I'm from, we believe in the national anthem. The only time we take a knee is to tie the shoelace of a World War II veteran. Call me old-fashioned, but if I'm elected, they ain't going to teach evolution in school. I mean, if we came from monkeys, then how come they're still monkeys? And Puerto Ricans, for that matter. Yep, liberals will tell you that we need to be diverse, but I can promise you right now, I don't know what that means. My wife Karen told me that yoga comes from India. Well, not on my watch. Pedophiles are running this country, and saying that out loud is all I'm willing to do about it. No, I won't be getting the vaccine. The only vaccine I need is prayer, which should be required in school along with proximity mines and bayonets for all the janitors. I don't know about you, but I like the past better. The now times make me scared in my squishy think-think spot because there's just so many things that I don't understand. And if I'm elected, you'll be allowed to shoot those things. I'm Jerry Mander. Vote for me. I'll suck a cop's dick. I'm Jerry Mander, and I approve this message. Paid for by gerrymander for Congress and a bunch of rich fucking assholes who fucking suck. Oh, that comes from, that comes from a guy named Mike. He does, he does clips like that. But that's one of the funny ones. So get ready. The Democrats have all but killed the enthusiasm for another big vote turnout. And with the and with the new rules or laws that they're putting in, there will be some kind of awakening because they just don't want to lose again. <laughs> we got 75 million votes for Donald Trump. 
The other guy got $81 million. We need to pay attention. Paying attention is a simple matter of listening. Listening. You got to do a little listening. Mass free America. <laughs> ah. <laughs> we got a clown in the chat room. Oh my goodness. Mass free America. Well, mass free didn't pull you up out of the pandemic now, did it? Vaccines in the arm, mask wearing, all of that is what you can speak about. Once this pandemic is over. Yeah. Go away. It never fails. <laughs> I attract so many trolls. You know, one thing is going to surface. And once more people are vaccinated, the only people catching this virus will be those who were mask-free in America. Oh, yeah, you can be mask-free all you want in America. There will be plenty of beds for you. And you you will have caught COVID at the right time. And hopefully you will survive. Don't take too many. Bill Maher. Bill Maher, just go sit down. You got a few more weeks in isolation until you get over the the, the virus. As someone who I thought had more sense, but then too, he is a libertarian and not a progressive Democrat. You see where they threw the my the my pillow guy out of the our governor's conference? <laughs> How do you take a governor, Christy Nome? What is she? She's governor of South North or South Dakota. Uh he threw uh, that governor into the governor's conference. And um, they threw him out. <laughs> you know, when the My Pillow guy strikes out in those venues like that, you know something's wrong. Oh, and let me mention the 
the massacre, the latest shooting. So, another disgruntled customer, and the reason we need gun laws. They should be regulated like cars, period. So let us not let us not worry. Let us not be concerned. <laughs> I love these these folks. All they want to do. I'll simply tell you like this. When injustice becomes a law, resistance becomes a duty. Always make sure that your servant's towel is larger than your ego. Ego is the anesthetic that deadens the pain of stupidity. Till next week, people. This has been another exciting episode of the Alpha Show. We appreciate your listenership. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, the Alpha Show. Join us next Wednesday, 10 p.m. That's where we are. And that's why it's almost the bewitching hour. It's almost checkmate. It's almost that time. The time is of no return. It's almost the time when we won't be able to recover. Because recovery simply will not be in the cards for us. We cannot, I repeat, we cannot continue down this road because this road is headed for the ultimate dead end.
Everybody thinks we're wrong. Who are they to judge us? Mother, mother, simply call me sweet where I have all Thank you. 
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.